All right, here we go. So today's daf is daf Zion. And we are up to the second line, Amar of Sheshis. One line down on 7a, Zion Amar Aleph. We're up to Amar Rev Sheshis. And just to get our minds back into the swing of things, we have been discussing a machlaikas, a dispute, as to when it is permitted to do the avoda in a state of tumah, in a state of impurity, or with an impure carbon, is that hutra? Is it totally allowed? Is it totally mutter? Or is it dechuya? Meaning, if you can do a betara, that that's better. However, if you have to do a betuma, it's allowed as long as it's a communal offering. Okay, that was the machlekas from yesterday. That is going to continue to be the focus of the topic for today. Uh, we're going to try to prove whether Tuma is Hutra B'tzibur or whether Tuma is Dechuya B'tzibur. Okay? Now, one thing that I want to point out before we start today's daf that we're going to come across. And that is that we're going to end up clarifying on today's daf that even according to Rabbi Nachman who says that Tuma Hutra B'tzibur, that it's totally mutter, it's totally allowed to have a communal offering brought in a state of Tumah, there, he will admit that there's going to be exceptions to that. That there are times where it still is better to do it like Dechuya, to do it, you know, to do it in a state of Tahara. Okay, and he's going to give us two primary times where he will agree that you really should not be doing it in a state of Tumah. We're going to come across that on today's daf. Towards the end of today's daf, we're also going to be introduced to a fascinating conversation, we'll call it, discussion, halacha, concerning the tzitz. The tzitz is the golden uh, plate that the Kohen Gadol wore on his forehead. And we came across both in, in uh, Psachim and Shkalim that the tzitz itself is meratzah, causes things that otherwise would be problematic carbons to be kosher carbonos. Okay? What we're going to have a discussion about today, and it'll lead us, we're going to continue on it a little bit tomorrow as well, these same conversations, these same, these same discussions, is <clears throat> whether the, the existence of the tzitz is what allows carbonos to become valid, or whether you have to actually be wearing the tzitz at the time of the avoda. Okay? With that introduction, that overview of today's daf, let's get going. Amar Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes says, Minah Minullah, how do I know, says Rav Sheshes, that Tumah Dechuya B'Tzibur, that you're allowed to bring a B'Tumah, but it's not ideal. He says, I'll prove it. If a Kohen is standing and being Makr the Korban Aymer, today's the 21st day of the Aymer. Yet, yeah, on the first day of the Aymer, right? The second day of Pesach, 16th day of Nisan, they brought the barley offering of the Omer. That was a communal offering for Gans Klal Yisrael. Venit meis biyadon, it became Tomei, Aivei, the Korban Aymer, the communal offering became Tomei. So you should tell everybody, and they should bring different barley in its place. Okay, so again, what do you see here? Ideally, don't bring barley in a state of Tumah. Bring it in a state of Tara. But if there's no other option, there's nobody to tell, there's no other barley. 
So we tell the Kohen Gadol, listen, be smart and just zip it. Don't say nothing, all right? Don't tell anybody. It's Peseder. It's okay. Katani Mia. So what do you see from here? It says Rav Sheshaz. That ideally you should bring a Tahar one. So you see the whole leniency of bringing a Karban in a state of Tumah is not ideal. Otherwise, why do we need to go ask somebody for a different Karban Aymer? Gaval de Garaya. Answers the Gemara. Omar of Nachman and Rachman, who says that no, you could ideally bring a Karban Tzibor Betumah. He's going to say, Rav Sheshaz, uh, no, that's not a good kasha. You know why? Because I'll agree to you, my dina, I agree. Heicha de'ika shirayim la'achila. When there's leftovers that's meant to be eaten, I'll agree that it's not ideal to bring the carbon in a state of tumma. Let me explain. When we learn psachim, okay, follow along. When we learn psachim, we learned that if most of Klal Yisrael is Tameh, or if the Kahanim are Tameh, or the Klishares is Tameh, you're still supposed to bring the Karban Pesach in the state of Toma. It's a valid Karban. However, what's the halacha concerning the eating of the Karban Pesach? Are you allowed to eat a Tameh Karban Pesach? Answer is, nisht. No. Nothing to talk about. You're not allowed to eat it. It's a valid Karban. It's a good Hakrava. You're not allowed to eat it. Therefore, says Rav Nachman, the carbon omer that was brought on behalf of the community, you know what, what it was? They would make, they would have, they had the carbon of barley, they had the barley, they would take a kamitza, a kaimetz, three fingers full of flour, they would be makrav that on the mizbeach, and the remaining barley was eaten. Says Rav Nachman, I agree with you that in order to validate the eating, it's worthwhile to get a tahar carbon omer. Even I, who say that Tumah Hutra B'tzibor, I only agree that it's totally mutter as far as it being a valid carbon. But as far as eating, if there's any eating involved, I'll agree. You should try to go out and get a Tahar Dika carbon. Okay? That's Rav Nachman's response. Any questions on that? Okay. Says the Gemara, another challenge on Rav Nachman. Meisvei. He'll ask you a challenging question. The Kohen was being makrib. He was offering a mincha uh, for his par, for his bull, for his ayel, a ram, vukvasim, and sheep. Okay, so notice three things. And the mincha became tameh. So ideally you should go get a different one. What do you see? right? You should try to get a different one. It's not ideal to bring tameh. Let's say you can't. We tell him, oh, be quiet, don't tell nobody. All right? A big message in that too. Sometimes it's like, all right, no, you don't, you don't need absolute transparency. If it works, it works. Otherwise, people get OCD about it. Ah, maybe my carbon wasn't valid. It works. No, finished. I don't got it. You, you don't need to say everything. All right? My love, don't you see from here, aren't we dealing with the bull, <clears throat> the ram, the sheep of Yomtiv? which is a communal offering, and still we say that you should try to get a different one. Question on Rav Nachman. Why are you trying to get a different one? It must be it's not ideal. Answer the Gemara, a very simple answer. We'll preface it outside. And that is, when the Brisa said 
that he was being makriv a par, an ayol, and a keves. Did it say it was of a yomtif, a communal one? No. So as long as we can show that we're not dealing with a standard communal offering, Rav Nachman can wiggle out. Okay, so here we go. Amalach Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman is going to say, look, you're wrong. Parim, you know what par we're dealing with? You know what bull we're dealing with? We're dealing with par da abaydazara. We're dealing with a, a bull of abaydazara. And therefore we're dealing with a carbon ayla. Okay, this, uh, the, the halacha is, when you have a par of abaydazara, um, when you have a par of abaydazara, so that's a different conversation than the conversation between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes. Afagav de tziborhu. And even though we're dealing with a carbon tibor, even though it is a tibor, because the tibor was either avaydazara, or the, the halacha is when the Sanhedrin made a mistaken halacha with avaydazara, even like Vialezman, since there's no set time, there's no set time that needs to be brought, mahadrinon. So, like this, this is logic. Like this, okay? Here's the svara. Here's the logic going on here. Rabbi Nachman says, Tumma hutra b'tzibor, it's allowed to bring a carbon in the state of Tumma. However, says Rav Nachman, listen, if there's no set time, if Tendler does an Avera, and I'm obligated to bring a Korban Chathas, Chas V'Shalom, I do an Avera, I have to bring Korban Chathas. Is there a difference if it's born on Monday or Tuesday? No. You want to do it as soon as possible, but you're not limited to time. You're not limited to a specific day. It's not like a Korban Chathamit. So, if I happen to be Tomei on Monday, and Tahar on Tuesday, Okay, that's a private offering. Let's say I'm a Kayan who's bringing a communal offering. And there's no set time. So if I'm Tomei on Monday and Tar on Tuesday, doesn't logic dictate I should just wait till Tuesday? Yeah. So says of Nachman, listen, if there's no set time for the carbon, then Mahadrinon, you're right, you should try to look for a different carbon. Elam, so that's the case of the, of the bull. Elam, what about the rams? We're dealing with the Isle of Aaron on Yom Kippur, so it's his own personal carbon. Even though there is a set time because it's Yom Kippur, since he's a Yachid, so we're going to try to bring his carbon mincha, and the keves is dealing with the sheep that's brought with the carbon mincha, where there's extra boom, says Rav Nachman, I'm out of it. Why? Because I, I wiggled out. Because that brisa is, first of all, dealing with a private carbon, it's dealing with a carbon with no set time. And it's dealing with the carbon that needs to be eaten. And in all those cases, I agree that you shouldn't bring a carbon in the state of Toma Memela. I'm not proven wrong. Okay, let's try again to disprove Rav Nachman. Again, what's Rav Nachman's opinion? Toma Hutra B'tzibur. That if there's a communal offering, it is totally allowed to bring it in the state of Toma. Let's try to prove him wrong again. Here we go. Mesve. Let's ask another challenging question on Rav Nachman. When you have blood that became Tomei and the Kohen still sprinkled it on top of the Mizbeach, if he did it by mistake, unintentionally, it's a valid carbon, it's accepted. If it was done intentionally, he purposely sprinkled Tomei blood, it's not accepted. So you see that to sprinkle something in a state of Tuma is not allowed. It's not ideal. Even if it, would be, if it would be allowed, what's the difference if it's intentional or unintentional? It should be accepted. Answers the Gemara, maybe we're dealing with blood of a in private carbon. When you're dealing with a private carbon, everybody agrees you're not allowed to be tummy. The whole machokas was by a communal carbon. Period. Again, Rav Nachman is not disproven. 
Let's try it again. Says the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen to the following brisa. Alma hatzitz meratze. Okay, this takes us back to our introduction. We we quoted in our introduction to today's year, to today's daf, that the tzitz, the golden forehead plate that was worn by the Kohen Gadol, in and of itself can gain acceptance for whoever is bringing something on its behalf. Even if there's something wrong with the carbon, if the tzitz, the tzitz itself can create acceptance of that carbon. Okay? Now we'll see how and what the scenario is, but let's, let's just leave it at this for now, okay? Al-Mahat What scenarios does the tzitz affect acceptance for? Al-Hadam v'yalabosor v'alachelev shenitma. If blood becomes tamay, if chelev that gets burnt on the mizbeach becomes tamay, or the basar or the meat, bein b'shogeg bein b'mezid, whether it became tamay intentionally or unintentionally, bein ba'inus bein b'ratzim, whether it was by mistake or on purpose. Okay, there's a difference between intentional, unintentional, mistake, or purpose. You can purposely do something with an unintentional outcome. Okay. For example, if you purposely shoot a gun blindfolded and it kills somebody, you intentionally shot the gun, but you did not intend for the outcome. Okay? The Isalka Daitach, and if you think, Tuma Hitra Hibitzibor, if you hold like Rab Nachman, ready? That Tuma has no problem, Bitzibor, for a communal offering. Lama Leila Ratsuye, what do you need a tzitz for? Again. We said the tzitz helps. For what? If blood became Tomei, if Chelev became Tomei, if, if uh, the Basar became Tomei. One second. You don't need a tzitz. According to Rav Nachman, if any of these things become Tomei, there's no problem. You don't need a tzitz to help you out. What do you call for backup for? You don't need a tzitz to back you up. It's totally allowed, according to you, Rav Nachman. Omar, beautiful kasha. Omar lach Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman is going to respond, Ki katani ha-tzitz meratzeh. When is the tzitz gain acceptance for a carbon that becomes tamay? That's adiyachid on a, on a personal carbon. Okay? In other words, Rav Nachman is going to say, You're right. I hold that a regular communal carbon doesn't need the tzitz. So where does the tzitz meratzeh? Where does it work? Why do we need it as backup? On a private offering. If the blood of a private offering, the chalib of a private offering, the buzz of a private offering all become tamay, then if there's a tzitz, then it's okay. And you have no question on me. Vibai say more. You could say, maybe we're dealing with the blood, the meat, the, the fats of a communal offering. Why do I need a tzitz? Maybe because we're dealing with an offering that doesn't have a set time. And therefore, you sh- I, Rav Nachman says, I agree when there's no set time, it's worthwhile waiting. If you didn't wait and you brought it in a state of tumah, then tzitz meratzeh. Okay. Again, Rav Nachman wiggled out. And he's sticking to his guns, and he's holding tuma hutra b'tzibur. When you have a communal offering where there's tuma involved, whether it's on behalf of the kain, whether it's on the carbon that became tummy, it's hutra. Go ahead, keep going. There's no problem whatsoever. Okay. Now we're going to start challenging Rav Sheshes, who says that tuma dechuya b'tzibur. Okay, who says that tuma impurity. Uh, on a communal offering is is dichoy. It's not ideal. You shouldn't bring it in a state of tumma. But if you did, okay, right? That was 
Rav Sheshis. That was the flip side. So here we go. Let's try to ask a question on Rav Sheshis. Meisvei, they asked the challenging question. Here we go. The Nosa Aranes Avayin Hakadshim. Aranes, where's the tits on his forehead? And with that, he carries the Avayin Hakadshim, the sins that happen with Kadshim, with the offerings. Okay, meaning if there's a sin that happens with a carbon, the tits makes it okay. Which Avera is Aaron carrying that needs to be rectified? If it's the Avera of the Kayin, when the Kayin had the wrong intent. Remember Piggle, right? What's Piggle? When the Kohen does the Avoda, and there's the wrong intent involved. Either he intends that it's the wrong carbon, or he intends that it should be done eaten or performed in the wrong place with the wrong halacha becomes pigul, right? Just with his das, fascinating concept. Just with the, the das of, of the, the kayin, okay? If, so if this is what the tzitz is gaining acceptance for, it already says it's not accepted, okay? And the, it's already invalid. We already know that. So it, the tzitz cannot be on behalf of pigul because pigul is pigul. The tzitz is not helping that out. As ten, a little bit tangentially, um, I came across recently a fascinating, I believe it was a chidah. He asked a very interesting question. And he says, what's, what's pigle? Pigle is, when I bring, if I want to bring a carbon chatas, and the, the, um, um, the kohen does the avayda with the wrong intent, he ruins my chatas. Ask the chidah, how does that work? The Kohen, what right does he have to have a different mindset than the one bringing the carbon? He's my messenger, and therefore he should be totally subordinate to my thought process. And if I thought to bring a, a, a chatos, so what, how in the, if he's just a shliach, if he's just my messenger, how does he have the power to mess it up? He should just be like an extension of me and part of me. How does he like hold his own ground? Chidas is a, a fascinating thing. I don't believe this is the general understanding, as, but I fa- thought this to be beautiful. He says that actually Pigl was a, was a spiritual thing which where when somebody brings a carbon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu connected the minds of the Kohen bringing the carbon with the one who it was being brought on behalf of. And if I was showing up to bring a chatas and I didn't really, I didn't really regret my sin. So I'm like showing up and I'm doing the action, but my mind wasn't there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu would miraculously change the Kohen's mind to make sure that the chatas was not a kosher chatas. Because my whole mindset wasn't a kosher mindset. So this whole thing of pigul, I believe it's the chida, it's, it, it, uh, is really is. The reason why the Kohen's mindset affects everything is because he's really just an extension of my mind as well. So if something went wrong in pigul, that means there was something wrong on behalf of the one bringing it. And if everything went well, that means that the one bringing the chatas taka had the right mindset. Fascinating. Okay, but let's go. So the, the tzitz cannot be meratza, cannot be gaining acceptance for the for pigle. You know why? Because pigle's not valid. The tzitz ain't helping that. Vim have I nicer. And if you can tell me it's for the for the sin of leaving over from a carbon. Certain carbonas need to be burnt by a certain time, eaten by a certain time, and if not, it's considered no sar. 
And if the tzitz helps with that, that can't be either. Okay? We said, if it's not considered to be thought about, it's automatically tame. Let's turn the daf. Here we go. So, what would the tzitz be meratze? What would the tzitz help for? The sin of something being brought in a state of toma. Which has an exception that it could be brought b'tzibor. So we have a question on Rav Sheshas, because over here you see that the tzitz allows something that's brought in a state of toma to be totally valid. But according to you, Rav Sheshas, it's not totally valid. It's like plan B. It's just dechuyah. So how does Rav, how is Rav Sheshas' opinion reconciled with what the tzitz is doing here on behalf of a communal offering? Answers the Gemara, Tanoi, that really, granted this Bryce is going to be a question on Rav Sheshas, however, the Machlokas, you know, Nachman and Rav Sheshas is really a previous Machlokas, Tanoi, and Nachman and Rav Sheshas were Amuraim of the times of the Gemara, later generations, and the Gemara is saying that there's actually a earlier Machlokas Tanoim that each one is resting their case on. And let's read that. Let's get into that. Titania. Because we learned in a Brisa. Tzitz. Vitzitz. Bein she'yesh Whether the Kohen Gadol was wearing the golden tzitz, which said Kodesh Lashem on his forehead at the time of the Avodah. Bein she'inu Whether he was not wearing it. As long as the tzitz was around and usable, he didn't have to actually be using it. Miratzeh, it helped. Tiffin Rabbi Shimon, this is opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Oydehu al-Mitzcha Miratzeh. Rabbi Yudah says, no. If the Kohen Gadol was wearing the tzitz on his forehead at the time that the, that the Avodah was being done, then it helps. If it's just in existence, but it's not being worn on the forehead of the Kohen Gadol at that time, then it does not help. Rabbi Shimon says to Rabbi Yehuda, one second, Kohen Gadol Yom I'll prove you wrong. You're saying that it has to be worn on his forehead. Let me ask you a question. Says Rav Shimon, the golden forehead uh, uh, plate of the tzitz. And the re- I'm presenting it like that on purpose. The golden tzitz. Was that worn on Yom Kippur? Did the Kohen wear any gold on Yom Kippur? No, we don't go near gold on Yom Kippur. You know why? Because it reminds Hashem of the golden calf. Right? So the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur only wears white. He doesn't go near the tzitz. Tzitz is locked up. It's put off to the side. So the Kohen Gadol is on Yom Kippur. The tzitz is not being worn. It's in existence. And still we say, the tzitz is miratzeh. If something goes wrong, because the tzitz is around, it's a valid carbon. Beautiful. Says Reb Shimon, Reb Yehuda, what are you talking about? It needs to be worn. Reb Yehuda. So Reb Yehuda responds, no. The Kohen Gadol Kippur has nothing to do with the tzitz. You know why? Because Tumah is mutter b'tzibur, like Rav Nachman's opinion. The Amir Rav Nachman says, Rav Yudah, I don't need the tzitz to help on Yom Kippur. Because what's going to go wrong? Something became tummy? So what? I don't need the tzitz. Tumah hutcher b'tzibur, the kind of on behalf of the entire community. And you don't need the tzitz. Mechlao, the Rav Shimon, Savar, Tumah dechoyi b'tzibur. Beautiful. So you see that Rav Shimon, who argues Rav Yudah, must hold Tumah is dechoyi b'tzibur, period. Bottom line, what just happened? We had a question on Rav Sheshes from Abraisa. Rav Sheshes, you say Tuma Dechuya B'Tzibur. Not ideal. It's a plan B. Aye, what are you going to do with the tzitz? Why do you need, what are you going to do with the tzitz? Answers the Gemara. You're right. That Abraisa wouldn't be a question on Rav Sheshes. However, 
there's another brisa, Machlokas Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon, two Tanoim, who argue about whether Tuma Hutra Bitsibur or Tuma Duchuya Bitsibur. And as long as Rabbi Nachman has a hat, a, a, a rack to hang his hat on, and Rabbi Sheshes has a rack to hang his hat on, they're both permitted, they both have good backup, and they're permitted to stick to their guns. Ultimately, as long as Rabbi Sheshes has a ton of backing him up, you can't disprove him from a different brisa because he's got a different tana to hang himself on. Beautiful. Done. Okay. Now, the Gemara, for the next little bit, is going to focus on this concept of the tzitz being miratza. Okay? The tzitz uh, allowing acceptance of something that is tummy. And again, we had a machlokas between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yehuda. And uh, we had a machlokas between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yehuda whether the tzitz needs to be worn for it to allow a carbon to be valid or whether it just needs to be in existence. Here we go. Amar Abaye. The Amora Abaye states, Benishbar hatzitz. If the tzitz was broken, Kuliyama pligi. Everybody agrees. Okay? Kuliyama pligi is like a, a, a negative. The entire world does not argue. Okay? So Kuliyama pligi means everyone does agree. They don't argue. Everybody does agree. If the tzitz is broken, everybody agrees that anything that the tzitz would have helped with acceptance of, it does not work. The tzitz does not gain acceptance if it was broken. Keep pligi. So where's the Ramachlokas? The Tali If it's off to the side, what this literally means is that it's, it's hanging on a hook. All right? It's not hanging on the Kayan's forehead. The Kayan's not wearing it on his forehead. It's hanging on a hook. It's off to the side. Rebuta Sabbat. Rabbi Yehuda says, now Rabbi Yehuda remind ourselves, Rabbi Yehuda said, as long as the tzitz was, a, was in existence and not broken, it helps. Why? Says Rabbi Yehuda, al-meitzach on his forehead, v'nasa, and it is carried. Okay? Meaning, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda said he needs to be wearing it. Says Rabbi Yehuda, al-meitzach, if it's on his forehead, then v'nasa, he'll carry the sins. Then it gains acceptance. V'reb Shimon Savar. But Rav Shimon holds. Now Rav Shimon, right, I messed up before. Rav Shimon's of the opinion that as long as it's in existence, it's valid. Rav Yuda was the one who held it needs to be worn. Rav Shimon says, Tamid It's always available to bring it in front of Hashem. My Tamid, what does it mean always? It means he's always wearing it on his forehead. That's not possible. The Kainal was not always wearing it on his forehead. And I'll prove it to you. Because people need to go to the bathroom. And he ain't wearing a tzitz into the bathroom. And he's got to go to sleep. And he certainly is not allowed to wear it when he goes to sleep. So what does Tamid mean? It means that it's always gaining acceptance for the Kayan. Again, as long as it's in existence. Everyone agrees if it's broken, it does not work. The question is, the Machlekas Rebutin Shimon is how to darshan these Sukkim. Okay. Now, in classic Gemara style, the Gemara is going to now go back and forth. Rabbi Yehuda brought a Pasuk to support himself that it was, Rabbi Yehuda said, Al-Meitzach, it has to be on his forehead. Rabbi Shimon said, Tamid Leratzon, it always gains acceptance, right? What, what is each one going to do with the other one's Pesukim? Okay, how are they going to handle each other's supporting verses? So here we go. 
Well, the Rebuda Nami, according to Behuda as well, Haksiv Tamid, it says always. So why does he say you need to be wearing it? Tamid means that he always needs to have his mind on the tzitz. Okay? Now, um, this means that when he's wearing the tzitz, he should always be aware. Kind of like when you're wearing tefillin. You have to, you have, you can't be hesachadas. The person has to realize that, oh, I have the kedusha's tefillin on me. So the kohen had to realize he had the kedusha of the tzitz on him. Like the opinion of Rabbi Baravuna. A person always has to be aware that he's wearing his tefillin. Mashmesh literally means to be constantly touching. You don't need to physically be touching it, but there are people who do that, to, to remind themselves that the tefillin is on their body. And how do you know that? You have a kavachaymer from the tzitz. Let's start the top of tomorrow's daf. Because just like the tzitz, which says kodesh lashem, it's got God's name written once. Still, Amr Tire the Terra says, he always has to be aware. You can't forget God's name is on your body, it's on your forehead. So you can't take your mind off it. Still get all these partios in the Torah, many mentions of Hashem's name. And we, we have this chus. Recognize the merit that we have as Yidin to be wearing tfillin, to wrap tfillin on our bodies. Allah has come of a kama. How much more so should a person not be Mesiah Das? not remove their mindset from the tefillin, okay? Now, let's just finish the conversation, okay? And then we'll hold it for the day. But uh, let's just finish the conversation. We just asked, what has Rabbi Huda done with Rav Shimon's verse of Tamid? Rabbi Huda says you need to be wearing it. What does he do with Rav Shimon's verse of always, even if you're not wearing it? Rabbi Huda means that you always need to remember. While you're wearing it, you always need to keep your mind on it. Okay. What does Rabbi Shimon do with Rabbi Huda's verse? Let's keep going, another little bit. With Rabbi Shimon, Damar Tamid Maratza, according to Rabbi Shimon, who says... That as long as the tzitz is in existence, that's enough. But it says it's got to be on his forehead. What's he going to do with that? Answer the Gemara. All this means is that um, it's telling us where it should be worn. Maybe the tzitz should be a bracelet. Maybe it should be a necklace. Hey, no, it's got to be on the forehead. It's telling me, yeah, it's got to be on his foot. Just tell me the placement of the tzitz. It doesn't tell me that you're only atoned for when it's on your forehead. Says the Gemara of If that's why it says on the forehead, because otherwise I would think it's a bracelet. So why doesn't Rabbi Yehuda follow that approach? Answers the Gemara, Okay, because it says again on the forehead. Since it says it twice. So one time it's letting me know where to place it. And the other on the forehead is letting me know that you only get an atonement when it's on his forehead. Ah, yes, the Gemara of Rabbi Shimon Nami typically Rabbi Shimon also has the same pasuk. It says it twice. Why doesn't he learn it out from there? Answers the Gemara, he could have. So what would he do with the other part of the Pasuk that it's got to be on his forehead? That's when he carries the Averis. Amar Lach says, Reb Shimon, it's teaching us that if the, if the tzitz is fit to be worn, then it's fine. And if it's not fit to be worn, meaning it's broken, then it does not help if something becomes tummy. To exclude if it got broken. How does Rabbi Yudin know if the tzit is broken that it's not valid? It could have just said forehead. Why did it say his forehead? His forehead means it can't be broken. Last step, says the Gemara, Rabbi Shimon says, I don't believe in that drasha. This, that it changes, it could have just written Meitzach forehead, and instead it says his forehead, he says, that's not a drusha to make. No, nothing to talk about. It's proper that it wrote Meitzchai, it's proper that it wrote his forehead, and uh, the, and uh, otherwise I wouldn't have known 
Maybe I would think a different kind could wear it, right? See, the prophet says his forehead, it's not extra, and therefore, bottom line, each one is sticking to their guns. Again, Rav Shimon has his source that the tzitz is meratzeh at all times, whether it's worn or not, and Rabbi Huda is sticking to his guns, which is that the tzitz is only meratzeh while it's being worn on the forehead, and Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow, we will, uh, we will continue on with this conversation of something... Um, of a, a communal offering that's brought in the state of Tumor. We're going to go back to that Machoikas and we will pick up tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.